Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Welcome to Raptors Over Everything, a podcast for Yahoo Sports Canada. I'm your host, William Lou. Joining me to discuss day one of free agency is Vivek. Um, so Kawhi Leonard decided to load manage day one of free agency. This is the most in-character move for Kawhi, yeah? Absolutely. I mean, it's hilarious. The, every, everyone was waiting for his meetings with the Clippers and the Lakers. Everyone anticipated that it would be today. And instead, you know... He's playing chess while everyone else plays checkers, and he's going to see exactly what the landscape is like on the East Coast, exactly what it's like on the West Coast, and then decide on you know where is best for him to go about chasing another title. And so you know, I I I think it's a smart move on his part, and you know, having just read your column on where it puts the Raptors, I, I, I do tend to agree with you that, you know, they're sort of the, the more time this takes, it definitely favors the Raptors over the Lakers or the Clippers. Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, so basically everybody just rushed ahead. I mean, like I forgot the fact that there was even a new deadline in place, um, you know, uh, this season where they moved the moratorium deadline or whatever to um, June 30th. That's officially the, at 6 p.m., that's officially supposed to be the first time you're supposed to be able to contact people. But, right, like, it, I don't know. It just blew right past that. Like, the the, the biggest, you know, domino outside of uh, Kawhi was KD. And KD announced, uh, well, he was going to announce on this random Instagram page that everyone randomly followed. But then Woj, an hour ahead of time, was just like, hey, by the way, he's going to the Nets. And uh, Kyrie's going with him. And um, DeAndre Jordan's going with him. And so... You know, it just took a lot of the surprise out of the thing, and it just felt like a, a steady stream of leaks throughout. And, it, you know, as Raptors fans, we were just sitting there, you know, patiently on the timeline waiting to see what uh, what happened in terms of Kawhi. And there's, you know, a report that, you know, okay, maybe he met with Magic. And I don't know. There's also a conflicting report that maybe he didn't. I, I mean, it's all very confusing. But ultimately, um, I think so far, like 2.5, like close to two, over $2 billion have been spent terms of contracts um yep. and yeah Kawhi is just sitting back and chilling i mean first off I, I think this is a pretty smart move on his part right because you probably want to just have as much information as possible it's not like the clippers yeah. lakers or raptors were in were gonna be in a rush to do anything else they were all gonna wait on Kawhi, and so he figured he could wait and um and yeah now we have a better idea sort of what the landscape looks like um you know i i think at this I think in terms of just winners or losers, sorry, um, I, I would say out of the three, I think the Clippers might be the biggest loser from day one. What do you think? Yeah, I, I would tend to agree with that. You know, especially when you know you, the fact that they were in rumors for KD, they were in rumors for Jimmy Butler. They miss out on both of them. Kawhi said that. Well, based on the reports, Kawhi said that you know he was looking for. It, it, someone to team up with him with the Clippers if he was going to consider leaving the Raptors. And so to know that he's not going to be there with Kevin Durant or or, or Jimmy Butler, I think that's a significant blow. I, I, I really think it's between uh, the Lakers and the Raptors now. 
And when you look at the Lakers situation, with them having to wait and wait and wait, and all these other, you know, lower tier free agents making their moves because, you know, they, they need to capitalize on the money that's available. And I think it would be pretty hilarious if Kawhi is actually, you know, going all galaxy brain on them and making them as weak as possible before resigning. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, that would be the best case scenario for Raptors fans, for sure. Um, but I, I think, you know, like, I, I agree with you. Like, the Clippers, like, I mean, as much as they want to sell, like, imagination and sort of organizational stability and this and that, and, like, uh, we got free snacks on, on Tuesdays or whatever, like, like <laughs> it's just, like, ultimately, unless they had another big name to come with them, it just doesn't make sense um, for Kawhi to go to the Clippers. Like, it, he's a very competitive player. We've, we've heard throughout the entire season that his focus is on winning a championship and you know, like you, you're just not going to win a championship. Yeah. As good as Kawhi is with the Clippers, if they don't add anyone else of any significance. Um, and you know, it, you look at that roster, like it's like they got like Gallinari and Lou Williams. Like that's just, it's just not enough. That's just not enough. But, um, right. So I agree with you. The Lakers are the biggest threat in terms of, um, signing Kawhi away from the Raptors. Um, with the Lakers, though, I, I do also think that from their perspective, you know, I thought that if they had signed Kawhi, obviously they would, you know, have no more, you know, cap room. They would have a mid-level exception or whatever. But it's really not enough to fill like basically ten roster spots. They would have to, they would have had to uh, get very lucky with some players taking discounts and just sort mm-hmm. of the lay of the land. I felt like a lot of mid-tier fridge and guys that you know they may have been able to convince to come on a one-year deal, like Garrett Temple or like Trevor Ariza or pieces like that, or even Ed Davis, Taj like, Gibson, Taj Gibson, like all these old veteran guys that you know may have potentially because of the situation um, taken a discount. Those guys are all off the board, and so yep. I'm not saying the Lakers can't fill out the rest of the roster, but like it's just not going to. Um, I don't know. It might not be as smooth of a, of a sell because I think if you're Kawhi and you walk into, you know, a, a meeting with whoever, whether it's Genie Bus or uh, Rob Perlinka, like you're probably going to ask them, like, "Hey, so the rest of this roster, like, you got three guys here. You got more head coaches than uh, uh, like actual players right now. Like, how are you going to fill out the rest of the roster?" And I don't know. <laughs> it's just it's tough. Even guys like uh, what's his name, Ro- uh, you know, Reggie Bullock is apparently taking meetings with the Knicks, and he might leave. So this is strange. Yeah. It's real strange. Yeah, to say the least. And again, you know, when when you look at someone like Danny Green waiting as well, I, I, I would tend to think that on some level Danny thinks that there's a decent chance that he comes back to the Raptors because if not, you look at the season that Danny Green had, you know, it's the it's the dream contract year, right? Where yep. you know he, he finishes second in the league in three point shooting, um, plays Huge plus minus. Yeah, plays most of the games. He's, you know, him and Siakam were two to the sort of pillars of the Raptors' regular season. Uh, makes his contribution in the, in the playoffs as that big game three. So, um, you know, I, I, I think this would have been a perfect opportunity for him to cash in. Again, him showing how much he values winning as well. Um, he, he said on Hoopsype, you know, he, he was looking to uh, ideally maximize dollars, maximize situation. And he might be in a situation now where he's saying, the Raptors are by far the best situation. Um, when you when you look at, you know, he it seems like he's also in talks with uh, the Mavericks and the Lakers and the Clippers. He's he probably realizes now that you know 
As long as Kawhi comes back, that is by far the best situation for him to return to. Yeah, no, for sure, for sure. Um, and look, Danny's a guy that's going to get paid. Like he, I, 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 if I had to guess, it would probably be something like a mid-level exception, where he makes like eight to nine mil per year, and he gets multiple years. You know, he's talked about how he wants like three to four years on his contract, which makes sense given that he, um, you know, recently turned thirty-two and stuff. So. Um, mm-hmm. that's gonna be interesting to see. I'm, to, I mean, we talked about this in our previous podcast, but like it, it, for the Raptors, like, yes, they have an avenue to keep Danny. They have his full bird rights. They can sort of basically pay him as much as they want to. But, um, you know, it is getting to a point where the luxury tax is an issue. I know people don't want to hear about that. Like, obviously, you know, you, you just made all this money on this playoff run. You just sold like, um, <laughs> just uh, so much merchandise. I mean, you just look at it every single day. The Raptors are, you know, out of stock with, you know, OVO merchandise or championship merchandise, whatever, right? So, you yep. know, people don't want to hear about it. But, I mean, realistically, after Marcus Gasol picked up his player option that was worth $26 million, and if Kawhi comes back, then on top of that, you're looking at basically paying triple the amount of money um, to keep Danny Green. And so that that might be a bit of an issue there. But I, I think, you know, to, to me, I'm still worried about the Lakers in the sense that um, it is still a – pretty good situation in the sense that LeBron can at least say to um, or at least I don't know he could say I mean we'll see if it actually is true or not but um, you know he can pitch the idea that look this is going to be a situation where Kawhi and AD you guys got to play you know together you guys are close in age Uh, I think AD's 26 Kawhi's you know turning 28 or he is 28 now yeah you know you guys can run Los Angeles for a while and it's a pretty good backbone it's just the rest of the roster literally isn't there and so I don't know that that could be appealing and I, I could potentially also see like the business side of it because the Lakers obviously have such huge um, sway in terms of just their marketability. And so maybe that mm-hmm. could be something, but I think for the most part, the Raptors were the best situation for Kawhi to resign on, especially on a short term deal. And I think after today, you know, I don't think that changed that that much. See, that's where one of the things I've been thinking about is I look at, Kawhi, you know, talking about how he wants to be uh, the best and be regarded as the best. On some level, I th- I would th- tend to think that he's looking at LeBron and saying, "Okay, that dude's got three. Mm-hmm. Um, if I si- if I sign up to play with him, I'm going to stay one behind him. Yeah. Any any ring I win, I'm going to stay one behind him. So, is that a situation I really want, or I can resign with the Raptors?" for at least one more year, get a title there. Now I'm at three. KD's at, you know, got his two. So mm-hmm. I, I've passed him. And and LeBron's at three. So yeah. now, again, I can reevaluate the landscape and play free agency exactly how I'm playing it right now and see what's best for me from there. Yeah, for sure. And if you look at the, you know, um, if you look beyond sort of the the just – you know, Kawhi picture. If you just look strictly at the Eastern Conference, based on the moves that were made today, I don't really see a team outside of Indiana and obviously Brooklyn, although Brooklyn is sort of a long-term thing. I don't see any team that definitively improved the roster. Okay, Miami as well. But Miami is, again, these teams are sort of lower down on the totem pole, right? Because if you look at it last year, the three main contenders along with the Raptors were Boston, um, Philadelphia, and Milwaukee. And if you look at Boston... They've effectively downgraded the roster. Um, you, they don't have any bigs left. Al Horford's left. Um, you know, Aaron Baines, who was their second best big, also left. Um, you know, Terry Rozier. I guess he was a negative for them, really, but that's still a depth piece that they've lost. 
And of course they've lost Kyrie and just, you know, they got back Kemba Walker, which is a nice get for sure. It's a nice, you know, bit of uh, saving by, you know, Danny Ainge, but I don't think that's improved. I, I think you agree with that, right? I think the Celtics took a step back. Yeah, I thought uh, you know, I thought I thought if they at least brought back Horford, it would have been interesting. You know, when those talks were there, that instead of just signing Kemba Walker into space, that they were going to look to work a sign and trade, mm-hmm. uh, and that would allow Horford uh, to come back. I thought that might be interesting, but yeah, you 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 look at that center position. You look at Gordon Hayward still. You know, he needs to prove that he can return to that Utah form uh, again. The chemistry. Uh, one of the things I wrote about. Uh, in my piece this morning was that I don't think you can just assume that with Kyrie gone, the chemistry is just going to click, right? There were so many issues with that team Oh yeah, that it's going to take a lot more than just Kyrie walking away. And so um, when you look at a guy like Horford, who's, you know, been considered a strong team guy, you know, even with the knowledge that Kyrie's gone, that he's been so willing to leave. I think, it, I think there is still more uh, for the Celtics to figure out. So I don't, I, I don't think, uh, they're great. I think the Milwaukee Bucks, uh, you know, Giannis will continue to get better. Mm. Um, so I think they'll they will be uh, a significant threat. Um, and then should we move on to Philly? Well, I mean, yeah. Look, let, let's actually talk about Milwaukee just a little bit more. I, I think yeah. um, so. Milwaukee basically came into this offseason with the idea of we can either uh, marry ourselves to this current core, or we can sort of keep our options open. And right. they kind of decided to, you know, settle. And I think in the yeah. sense here is that, like, they had three major free agents to take care of. Well, really four. I think Miritich was one, too. But I think based on the way he played in the playoffs, as Raptors fans know, like, Miritich just was not a positive for them. And so they let him walk. Apparently, Barcelona came through with, like, a 70 million pound transfer, which is, like, I have no idea how these clubs are getting this money. Um, yeah. Maybe that's where the Neymar transfer fee went to, was to get and <laughs> was to get Miritich on the basketball club. But... um but yeah, I mean, they had three guys to take care of: Brooke Lopez, uh, Chris Middleton, and Malcolm Brogdon. And they could they brought back two of them. They got um, Lopez for fifty four million dollars over four years, which is pretty expensive. Um, they brought back Middleton to a five year one hundred and seventy eight million dollar deal, which again very very expensive. Um, and then that basically left them with no money to uh, to pursue um, Brogdon, who then they they signed and traded to Indiana. So. Right. I don't know, man. Um, what, what do you think of that Brogdon contract? I thought that was a lot of money, man. Like, I Which know Brogdon, Brogdon? Brogdon, the four years, 85. Yeah. I thought, you know, like, I, I get it. Brogdon's, uh, you know, 40, 50, 90, uh, really solid, good leader. Um, but he's all, I feel like he's he's just got a very limited ceiling. You know what I mean? I feel like that's a bit of an overpay. Yeah. I mean, I agree with you. Um, it's funny because it's funny that he landed in Indiana because the player he reminds me the most of is George Hill. Like he's he's a George Hill with a little better like slashing game, and it's and I see where your point is in terms of like he is very effective in terms of what he does. Like his percentages are great. He was, you know, close to a fifty forty ninety season. His uh, yeah. efficiency around the basket and also how often he gets to the basket is really surprising for a guy you wouldn't otherwise sort of uh, see as explosive. But I mean. I don't know, man. I think it's just a, a function of need. Sometimes it's not even necessarily about um, like what you're, you know, what you're worth. It's really just about what you can negotiate for. It. So, um, I mean, I just felt like in this situation there weren't that many great point guards to go around, especially ones that were willing to go to Indiana. And so, 
Yeah. Uh, they went for. I, I mean, it's it's good. I like Indiana the way it is right now. They're a very balanced team, um, based on sort of what they've done. But you know, okay. So I mean, yeah, we can all agree Milwaukee sort of a married themselves to this core, which uh doesn't leave them much flexibility. I mean, they even signed George Hill to a three year deal. So this team yeah. is the team. Uh, and we saw this team, actually a lesser version of this, or better version of this team, um, losing the playoffs just now. And so, I don't know. I I would be a little bit uh, worried as a Bucks fan. I'd be pretty pissed, actually, because my team didn't want to pay the luxury tax even after making it to the conference finals. But um, Right. But, yeah, that's an issue for 2021 when Giannis is a free agent. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um yeah, I, I I do tend to agree with you that they might not be as good as uh, the pieces around Giannis might not be as good as uh, they were last year. Um, especially with Brook Lopez, I think a lot more people will respect uh, his three point shooting and play him a bit differently. Um, but I do think Giannis's improvement itself, uh, you know, if he can take another big leap. Uh, especially with the jumper, that I think that's the biggest thing that needs to change, right? I, yeah. He's already talked about, you know, seeing Kawhi and Gasol in pick and roll action, uh, trying to figure that out. So if he can develop a jumper, I think that changes more than you know what needs to change uh, with the pieces around him. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, so I, I I do think you know when I look at the other teams, I still consider Milwaukee uh, to be better. I feel like the one thing with Philly is. You know, we, we saw over the course of this postseason just, you know, the sheer value of star star power. And so, you know, Horford and uh, Tobias Harris and Josh Richardson, they can fit in nicely together. But I feel like in a playoff setting, the lack of a Jimmy Butler who can sort of control the tempo, recognize, you know, when he's got to sort of take over the offense – I think that's going to hurt them more than, you know, having three guys that fit nicely together. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I mean, it's just, I, you know, they had a weird roster before and it just got weirder. Like, doesn't it feel like that to you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, so, so one, one of the things I was thinking about is um, even defensively, one of the things they were able to do was hide Tob- Tobias Harris on Marcus Gasol mm-hmm. and put Joel Embiid on... Uh, Pascal Siakam, but now w- w- with Horford in the mix, you, you I don't think you can afford to do that because then you've got to have Tobias Harris either on Kyle Lowry or you know uh, chasing around Danny Green because you're definitely not putting him on Kawhi Leonard. No. Yeah, I mean, assuming those guys come back, of course. Yeah. Uh, l- listen, I mean, the talent there is it, – it, it's never a question of talent with Philly. It's always a question of fit. I mean, I'm just looking at it now. I think defensively, that is um, – there's a lot of flexibility that roster. And I think there's so much size on that team that, like, defensively, it's going to be tough. They were already very tough defensively. Um, but, right. I mean, who's going to, like, dribble the basketball? Like, I, I see that, you know, Ben Simmons can dribble. But ultimately, at the end of games, he's not someone that can um, – uh, run the offense and yeah. you know Embiid I mean he can't really dribble Al Horford can't really dribble um I mean who else they got Josh Richardson like he's not he can handle but he's not really a playmaker so I don't know it's a weird roster it's a really weird team and um I think ultimately what they had too few of were wings and that was when they had Jimmy Butler and JJ Redick 
And now mm-hmm. that they're gone, I mean, I don't even know. Plus, like, I think there's a whole element to the fact that Redick was so good on those dribble handoffs with Embiid. And I think Richardson can do some dribble handoff stuff, too, because the, the Heat do a lot of handoffs action as well. But it's not nearly the same, running dribble handoffs with Redick versus running dribble handoffs with Richardson. So I think there's a lot of questions for the Sixers to figure it out. Also, they don't really have a head coach that doesn't seem to have a full grasp of how to make this all work. So... I don't know. Yeah. I'm very confused. I th- well, I think so. One thing that happen- happens, uh, or I think tends to happen, you know, when these deals happen and there's new faces, um, is everyone is able to clearly envision the theoretical ceiling of a team mm-hmm. um, because you know you haven't seen seen it play out on the floor, so you don't see all the problems that could materialize. And so I think the theoretical ceiling of this team is pretty high. Um, if Josh Richardson can be all that he can be, if Tobias Harris can go back to being uh, the he go back to being the guy that he was for the Clippers, because uh, obviously he took a backseat when he came alongside Butler and uh, Embiid uh, and Simmons. So uh, I think those are the things that you, people will look at and say, yeah, those things can fall into place. Um, you know, Josh Richardson for a stretch played like a borderline Eastern Conference All Star. Uh, so all those things happen, and you know you're lo- you're looking at a championship team, but those things have to materialize. So um, I don't think they're an instant, you know, championship contender. Um, but but the one thing it does do is you know, when you look at, it, especially with the way Brett Brown likes to um, manage the minutes and the rotations, is it now gives you someone like Horford uh, to sort of run the offense and anchor the defense when Embiid's off the court, and we saw firsthand how how things sort of just go south uh, with Philly when Embiid's off the court so that's probably one big thing that they do address uh, with Horford yeah that's true that's true um the one team that has now risen in prominence uh significantly is the Nets who um you know obviously secured both Kyrie and Kevin Durant now granted Kevin Durant's probably not going to play next season because he's recovering from this Achilles thing but um, going forward, that's going to be a force to deal with. And I think just in terms of relevance and sort of star power, like I don't think the Nets have had this type of, you know, in their prime type of talent in a very, very long time, basically since, you know, Jason Kidd and and, uh, and Vince and Richard Jefferson are running the things down there. So, um, I mean, are you – where do you stand with the Nets? Because I think there's a very big variance. They could be – if they play to the full potential, that is a very dangerous team. And if they don't, uh, you could also see that sort of being like a Celtic situation where uh, it doesn't necessarily live up to the some other parts. Yeah, no, I, I hear you on that completely. Because if you look at Kevin Durant, if he comes back in 2021 and looks like the player that everyone recognizes him as, uh, as, you know, one of the top two, three players in the game, then... Uh, yeah, that's a big problem. Kyrie Irving, he he needs to keep his knee, knee healthy. Um, I think both need to grow as leaders, uh, and that's probably going to be the biggest X factor because well, we saw how Kyrie fared in Boston, having his own team and wanting to have it on his own back. And so that first season without Kevin Durant, how he's able to mesh with everyone else, you know, he, he, I don't think you want to rub people the wrong way right off the bat. So um, they'll be hoping. Uh, that uh, he's learned from his Boston experience. And so if he has, then yeah, the ceiling, you know, 
the ceiling is the roof for that team because uh, you have two incredible scorers that can score at ease in the half court in the playoffs. That's exactly what you need. Um, and then, you know, de- defensively, uh, they'll still have some things to figure out because uh, most teams have tended to hide Kyrie Irving. Um, that happened. Coming off an Achilles. Exactly. So, yeah. Uh, so yeah, you can definitely see the other side of it as well. Um, but yeah, it, that's a team that you look at, especially when you have those two guys right at the top. Uh, you know, championship is definitely the ceiling. Uh, what about the rest of these teams right here? Um, I think Miami obviously made a big move getting Jimmy Butler, and Indiana made a big move just in terms of getting both Brogdon and also just a couple other pieces. Um, yeah. Do any other team in the conference um, stand a chance to sort of jump up into that next level of um, being elite in the Eastern Conference? Um, if we're saying elite and championship contention, then I don't think so. I yeah. think there's still uh, there's still more work that those teams have to do. Um, I mean, even 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 with a team like uh, Indiana, like they they lost. Thaddeus Young, who I thought was really important to them last year, uh, there's still no timetable for a return for Victor Oladipo, so um, that remains to be seen. Um, so, and and they lost Darren Collison. So, uh, yeah, I, I think there's more to figure out with all these other middling teams that are looking to take the next step. Uh, but Brooklyn's definitely made the biggest moves, uh, and but but again, they, they've got to wait till at least 2021. Yeah, that's for sure. Um, yeah, I'm not. I'm not stressing the the rest of them too much. Um, yeah, you know, like I think Miami is going to be a classic Jimmy Butler team, and like they play defense, but then they're like they're not good enough offensively to do anything. And we'll see. I mean, apparently there's talks that maybe they'll try to get Bradley Beal as well. We'll see if they get Bradley Beal, then that's a decent team. But you know, ultimately, I don't. I'm not looking at them too much as a threat. And Indiana, like they have a lot of good players. They have a lot of solid players, but they're like kind of like the Nets of. Um, there's not the, they're trying to like the jazz of the uh, of the East in the sense that like right. they have good depth, they have you know solid players, they play two way action, but like ultimately it comes down to who their best player is, and I still got to see what Victor Oladipo looks like past his injuries. So I yeah. don't really know. I don't really know. Um, I mean, ultimately though, I, I guess I'm not I'm not stressing it too much because I'm looking at it in the sense that if Kawhi Leonard comes back, like the Raptors are the favorites in the Eastern Conference, no doubt. And, you know, based on sort of how the rest of the conference goes, and if everyone stays healthy, obviously, like, I don't really see why the Raptors couldn't repeat. And that's why I feel like Kawhi, like, you got to you gotta see the situation here, right? Like, this is the benefit of sitting out uh, the first day of free agency because now you can get to sort of clearly assess the landscape. It's not sort of, you know, oh, yeah, the Clippers will promise to do this if you come. Like, no, you can see the Clippers aren't going to do anything. And the Lakers, you know, they are what they are. And so... I think if Kawhi's looking at it, um, you know, if I were him, I'd resign. Obviously, I'm biased, and you're biased as well, but it just <laughs> makes a lot of sense. Uh, I think the Toronto is his best winning situation, at least next season. Right. No, I agree. Yeah. I think that's, that's the perfect way to finish off, man. At, at the end of day one of free agency, Toronto remains the optimal basketball option for Kawhi. Yeah. Um all right, just to close the show. What's the if if you're looking at the rest of the all those deals that were signed today, what would you say will be the most regrettable contract signed out of this entire period of June thirtieth? Most regrettable contract? Yeah. Um, 
Because there's a couple on this like, list. I feel like I feel I feel, I feel like uh, Tobias Harris got overpaid. Um, Tobias got overpaid, man. I feel like Chris Middleton got overpaid. Like these guys, yeah. like like man. I, I I guess you know the Raptors were an elite defensive team, so like I'm judging them on a very very difficult scale. But right. like these guys did not look good in the playoffs. They didn't. And Brooke Lopez, I mean, he didn't look that great outside of Game One. I mean, even Jimmy Butler, I'm just like. The fourth year of that Jimmy Butler contract, I don't really know about that. Terry Rozier right. got a big deal. Bogdanovich got like seventy three million. Like I don't. Mm. Harrison Barnes eighty five. I don't know, man. First day of free agency, unless you're signing a star player, I feel like a lot of these. I mean, Terrence Ross got fifty four million dollars. Like I'm happy for him, but like fifty four million dollars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, again, it's all relative to the cap as well, right? Like next is like we're looking at 109 next season 118 potentially the year after that so those are the things that we have to factor in as well um but yeah if, if there were one just based on watching tobias with the clippers then watching uh, him with the sixers like he's a good to very good player mm-hmm. um is is he definitively someone who can be the third best player on a championship team yeah um the fact that that's, you know, you, you kind of have to convince yourself to say that, mm-hmm. I think shows that maybe he isn't worth uh, the five years 180. That's what he got, right? Uh, he got the five years 180? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I, I would have hesitated to give him that. Yeah. Uh, also contender for that, Al Horford, who I think is 33 years old now. Uh, four years, $109 million. I mean... Uh, listen, Al Horford's man. agent or uh, Todd Gibson's agent needs to get in touch with Ed Davis. Yo, poor Ed Davis, man. Ed. I don't know what that dude needs to do to get paid. He's just been a really good player, and he only ever makes $4 million a year at most. <laughs> I feel bad for this guy, man. And he, he's bumped around in like a whole bunch of different franchises. Yo, Ed Davis yeah. is like my, one of my favorite Raptors prospects. I was so hyped that one time he had like a 20-10 and 10 game. You, th- you thought he was going to be the next Chris Bosh, didn't you? I didn't think it was going to be the next Chris Bosh, but yeah, definitely. I thought he was the next Chris <laughs> Bosh, man. I didn't know any better. Um, I mean, yeah, him and Amir Johnson, that was – I, I like that uh, front court combination while the Raptors yeah. are winning like 26 games a year. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm happy Ed Davis has been in the league a long time. It's just like – come on, man. Someone's got to pay Ed Davis real money at some point. But um, you- it, it is what it is. Yeah. Well, that does it for the podcast. Um Keeping this short for now because there's not actually not that much Raptors news to go around. Uh, when there is more Raptors news to go around, you know, based on where Danny Green is going and where Kawhi Leonard is ultimately going, you know, um, hopefully staying, uh, we'll be back on the airways. So thanks everyone for listening. Thanks to Vivek for joining me on the show, and uh, we'll be back sometime later in the week. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. 
To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.